Welcome to the Scripture Thought blog and podcast where we take scripture and we apply it to our lives through music, scripture, and other avenues. Come along with us. Perfectly loved. That's what you are. That's what I am. And we are all that because of a culmination of acts through history that demonstrated that it was true. Honestly, don't feel like there's really much else to say. I should just, you know, hang up the mic and call it a day. But to lay it out on the table and be honest with you, while I know that that is the truth, I don't often feel or experience the joy that I should in knowing that. The season that I'm currently in is a stressful one. I have no traditional job. My wife works a heck of a lot to make up for my lack of income. We have a house full of messy kids and broken things everywhere, which is endlessly discouraging. We have little moments of blessing that come through the haze of this season of life, and I'm thankful for those moments. But I'm often finding it difficult to look for or even see those moments, as the more glaringly obvious moments are the difficult ones. Isn't that the truth, though? That in the midst of a million blessings, we tend to focus on the one struggle? The one difficulty? Thus is the shame and the pain of humanity. I heard a story once about a math professor who came into a crowded classroom and began writing the nine times tables on the chalkboard, starting with nine times one, then nine times two, nine times three, and so on and so forth, all the way to nine times ten. And for each of these equations, he wrote the answers as well. He wrote each down perfectly and with delicate precision. Not like it's difficult. They're the nines timetables. They're, you know, elementary school stuff. But he did it with precision and exactness, and each one was correct. Except for the last one. He intentionally wrote the wrong answer for the final equation. So immediately, the classroom began murmuring and eventually erupted into full-blown laughter at the simple mistake on that one last equation. They laughed for several minutes at this mistake, not knowing it was intentional, and not knowing the lesson that he was teaching them. So after a few minutes, they all quieted down and were settled, and then the professor spoke. He said that despite the fact that he answered the first nine equations entirely correct and with perfect precision, no one congratulated him. No one commended him for doing a good job on those nine uh, equations that he'd written perfectly. Instead, when he made one small mistake, everyone erupted into laughter and mocked him for that one mistake. And so the professor said that even if someone is immeasurably successful, the world will always notice even the slightest mistakes that we make. So I tell this story because I feel it's incredibly poignant because it tells of not letting the world get you down with the criticism or what feels like the lack of a blessing. Because no matter how much greatness we have in our lives, we will always feel the weight of the negativity that much more. And that's just the nature of humanity. We live under the rule of the Prince of Darkness on this earth, and he desires to bring us down by any and all means. We could could have all the blessings in the world, Um, to be honest with you, and living in Orange County, like the majority of us are, I think it's safe to say that 
majority of us really do have all the blessings in the world. And yet, despite that, we are so prone to focus on the one thing that goes wrong, the one thing that we don't get. We have so much in this world, so much more than we actually even need, and certainly more than what the majority of the world has. Yet we're so unhappy as a culture. We're so discontent and unsatisfied because we're focusing on those things that we don't have instead of the many things that we do. The point is truly, in saying all this, it's just to redirect our eyes and our thoughts to the things we have and to be grateful for them. I guess with Thanksgiving coming up, uh, it's as good a time as any to take inventory of the things that we have and that we're thankful for. It's easy to get down on our lives and our situations, believe me. I absolutely know that. Um, I'm in that right now. I fall into that very easily, especially right now with my continued unemployment. It's very discouraging and disappointing. But even through that, you know what? I woke up today. I have a roof over my head. I have food in the pantry. I have clean, running water. I have a beautiful wife who is beautiful on the inside and the out, who loves me dearly for some reason I may never fully understand. I have four amazing and amazingly exhausting boys who love me even though I sometimes fail them and I yell and get angry. I have working appliances and cars to help me do the things that I can't do on my own. I have a relatively healthy body and a healthy family. I have the joy of seeing all who have, all we have overcome, um, each of us individually and then also together as a family. I have a church family who loves and supports me and my family. I truly have an endless amount of blessings and things to be thankful for. And today, as we enter the month of November, I guess now we're on November 2nd as I'm recording this, but um, it's the official season of Thanksgiving now. And I wanted to start a list of Thanksgiving items. And I would encourage you to do the same. Every day I say we make a list of the things that we're grateful for. And it could be the same things each day, and that's fine. The point is to make the list and to read it and to repeat it as often as you can until each of those things are emblazoned on your mind and in your heart. So here's a confession. I have a genuine and sometimes debilitating fear of being irrelevant and invisible. In fact, that was a recurring nightmare for me for the better part of a decade when I was younger. So in that nightmare, I was witness to my own funeral, which I'm sure lots of people have had that, that nightmare. Um, in mine, not a single person showed up. No one cared. No one noticed I was gone. I meant so little that no one had any feelings about me being gone. And that was every single night. It got to the point where I was afraid to go to sleep because of the pain that that nightmare caused. And so I became an insomniac. And I didn't sleep more than a couple hours each night at most for about 10 years. Uh, and it was brutal. And I still struggle with that fear sometimes. Actually, was just helping a friend out just the other day. 
and he asked me what I was afraid of. I couldn't think of anything in the moment as I was standing on a ladder. I think he asked me if I was afraid of heights, and I said, obviously, no, heights don't bother me. Uh, And so he said, you know, what are you afraid of? And I couldn't think of anything until I was sitting alone in my car driving home. Being irrelevant and invisible. Those two things came to mind. Well, that and spiders. Spiders are awful. But it's true. I still struggle with that fear. And it's an ugly one because of just how horrifically untrue and wrong it is. The enemy will always try to tell me that lie. He'll probably try to tell you that lie as well. It's a very easy one to fall for and believe, but it's not true. And so this all comes back to the song that I looked at this last week. You are, I am, we all are perfectly loved. And our lives are so immeasurably important and so unfathomably priceless because of that. God, the God of the entire universe, the maker of heaven and earth, the beginning and the end, he sent his son to die for you and for me. We are priceless treasures bought at a price. And that price was the perfect love of Christ on the cross. And that perfect love casts out all fear and anxiety. All of it. So a couple takeaways from this post-podcast. You're loved with a love so perfect that you were bought at the price of someone else's death. That death was so powerful and so meaningful and so impactful that it was enough to pay for your sins and your wrongs for all of time. That's huge. Almost unimaginable. And secondly, thankfulness is something that can change and brighten your whole world. You look at life and intentionally look for the things you have instead of the things that you don't. And you will find so much joy and laughter and love. So as we continue walking towards the end of this year and through this season of thanksgiving and love, please just take a minute or two each day, maybe even more if you can spare it. Open your eyes and your heart to notice the good things that you have and pause to be grateful for those things. It could be as simple as as hitting every green light on the way to work. Let's be real, that is awesome. Or it could be an amazing song come on the radio that you just love and that you needed to hear in that moment. Just grab those things mentally and emotionally. Be thankful that you have them. It will really inspire your whole day to feel more positive and encouraged. And that joy is contagious. Grab it, spread it like a wildfire. That's what the world needs more of right now. Thank you for joining us today on the Scripture Thought blog and podcast. Join us next time as we continue to dive into our lives through Scripture and music.